Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. This is uh, the Global Toxin Toxin Tastings Talks and Tastings <laughs> Studio. Uh, this is the Clerical Errors Podcast. I am Bullhagen. And I'm Berg. And I'm Peter. Welcome to the show. Uh, we don't have uh, Vicar today. Um, as last week, he's a he's a tired vicar, so um, he is he is not with us. He he's been putting all his heart and soul into doing all sorts of things for the church. So so he wanted to just relax tonight. He's been putting on online Bible studies. He's been uh, making me look lazy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, so uh, rest up, uh, vicar app. We'll we'll be working you hard next week. And uh, how are you doing, Berg? Oh, just living the dream, you know, still recording uh, our services over here. Kind of like, it's kind of funny because this quarantine that we're in, uh, it really hasn't affected, like, the way that I've been recording, you know, my sermons or Bible studies or that sort of thing. So the only new thing I've been doing is recording my catechism classes for the school. So. Oh, okay. All right. Um, and, uh... Uh, a shout out to all our listeners today. I hope you are safe. And I kind of wanted to, to start on this note, and that is um, with with social media, it's really easy for everyone to see what their church is doing. Right, Berg? Right. So everyone, every every church is kind of handling this, some in the same way, some in different ways. And, and I thought about just sharing with the podcast what I'm doing, but here's the thing. I don't want you to really be concerned with what we're doing at, at at my church or really be overly concerned with Berg, how he is handling at this church. Right. Because I think it's important that you, you follow your own church and be of one mind. I don't want it to be a situation where you say, well, this church is doing that and this church is doing that. And why don't we do it like this? Or why don't we do it like this? I trust me when I say your pastor is doing everything he can according to his ability and uh and you should be supportive of how he's handling it some churches are doing small groups right berg like uh under 10 and uh, i think in iowa we're a little more free to do those type of things right now right. um uh, others are not but every church is different and uh, uh believe me when i tell you your pastor uh has been losing a lot of has been really thinking about these things. So Peter's got his food. He's ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> what are you having tonight? Taco Bell. Taco Bell. All right. So, uh, Berg, do you have a beverage, by the way? I guess we never did that. I do. I am having a, burn- a bourbon and tonic. So. Oh, you keep it so classy. I, I uh, am pretty classy. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And, uh, Peter, I want to compliment you on the last week's show. Even though we're all in different locations, it sounded seamless. Oh, thank you. I have a, uh, a Mike's Hard Lemonade. <laughs> That's what we had at the house. So I've got a uh, Taco Bell Mountain Dew Baja Blast. Wow. You know, I do have floating around a bottle of Everclear because the first thing when this came out, oh, get Everclear and wipe your communion stuff. So I bought Everclear and then... <laughs> Right. But we don't need that in the show. <laughs> so uh, so my point is, 
uh, people, uh, your church needs you, and everyone feels strongly about how to do this. Everyone. You know, we should be doing this, we shouldn't be doing this, okay? Uh, and, uh, you know, our country is divided about all these things. Everyone has an opinion. And uh, when it comes to the church, there should be an amount of trust that, uh, that uh, pastors are doing what's best in their mind for their congregation and also the church is doing what's best. The people are doing, seeking to do what's best. This is not something everyone is familiar with. So, so listener, just uh, uh, be encouraged. Listen to your pastor. Uh, know that he is praying for you, and he is, he is handling this uh, in a way that he, he sees best. And that is a message of, of the Clerical Heirs podcast, of, of, of what you should be doing and can be doing, is, is continue to be a body of Christ. Continue to seek out how to help those in your own congregation and uh, and uh, and trust uh, one another and uh, realize that you all won't agree on how to this how to handle this situation a hundred percent and and that's because we all have different opinions but we can still come together around the word of God and remember that we're still one body even though you know you know we'd like to say well what does the Bible say about this and uh, I, I don't see it exactly do you Berg no, I mean, you actually do have to, you know, make some extrapolations. The thing is, is that, you know, we pastors don't want, you know, our families to get sick or ourselves to get sick or any of our members to get sick. We would just hate for that to happen. Yeah. I did you know, 15 funerals. I, I, I was telling someone today, I, I did 15 funerals last year. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes me gun shy. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm expecting, I'm expecting a little one here in the next couple of weeks. I mean, I don't want to end up quarantined from my wife and my kid. Uh, I don't want my kid to get this. At the same time, God has called you and I to give people the forgiveness of sins and comfort during this incredibly difficult time, too. And that is a very, very challenging thing to balance, you know? And I don't know if there actually is a balance, you know? Yeah. So... So so the the upshot is, is, uh, listen... And, and trust and just be supportive in, in your own church. And know that Christ's love and grace covers a multitude of sins, right? Yes. We might, you know, come back over this and say, yeah, I screwed up. I, I made a wrong decision. Um, let's bear with one another as Christ bore with us. You know, let's forgive one another. Um, let's um, do the best we can in this time because so that, so emotions that are running when, high, you know? Yeah, so we want to be... so. We'll handle a little bit, a little better when COVID twenty rolls around. <laughs> ha! So hopefully I not. Thought, <laughs> I thought that we should start out now to move on to a, a little levity, don't you think, Berg? I think so. Everything about we talk about is so heavy. I need, I needed. By the way, Berg, I want you to know I was really looking forward to this. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, uh, you know. All the heaviness that we, we that's going on my mind, and and all the things and things I'm kind of out of my comfort zone because I'm really comfortable being with my people that I serve. Mm-hmm. That uh, that just uh, to sit down and have this nice conversation with you and and my son. It's uh, or excuse me, the producer is uh, is I was I was really looking forward to it. So thank you for for this, Berg. So yeah, the le- of course. The levity is is this. Uh, if you remember from last week. Um, Peter put together what is called a surreal meme. 
And uh, Peter, would you like to define that once more? No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and so, um, uh, Berg and I did not know what to make of this. Right, Berg? Yeah. We, we're trying I... to interpret what this meme means. And, and if you're wondering, you can find our Facebook page, Clerical Airs Podcast, on Facebook. Uh, and uh, you can see it. It's also on the Twitterverse, right? Correct. And uh, oh, so boy. you can see it. But we didn't know what to make of it. So uh, we have uh, an associate producer now as we, mm-hmm. we get this worldwide uh, podcast going. And uh, and I believe she's from Minnesota somewhere. One of the frozen chosen. We gave her the charge of interpreting this. And I'm excited because uh, I haven't heard from Hannah. I've read her emails, but I haven't actually heard her. So I'm excited to hear her explain what this meme means. So, are you ready for this, Berg? I am ready for this. All right, Hannah, let's hear it. This is Hannah Jastrom Auberg, associate producer of Clerical Errors, with an explanation of Peter's surreal meme of March 29, 2020. As when we approach a passage from Scripture, we must first consider context. The context of the church today is Lent, a time of reflection on Christ's suffering and repentance. The context of our world today is crisis, caused by COVID-19. The third context to consider is the culture of surreal memes. Surrealism in art features unexpected juxtapositions, and memes typically rely on rigid structures and repeated themes. Both forms seek to unnerve their audience. The 3D head featured in Peter's meme is actually a very common element in surreal memes and has a name, Meme Man. Unexpected images comprise the rest of the meme. Let's examine them. Meme man exhorts our dear clerics to preach, brother. Is this any way to address representatives of Christ? In the time of Christ himself, perhaps. But in the context of Iowa today, no. Next, note how Bullhagen's surroundings are unidentifiable. This speaks to how we now live in a world rapidly becoming unrecognizable due to social distancing. Likewise, Pastor Bullhagen's pessimism and Pastor Berg's reassurance are, as Berg noted, unexpected. Spoken by all-brain-no-heart Pastor Berg, the comforting banality, everything is okay, is rendered uncomfortable, and the distortion of his image only deepens the discomfort. (laughs) Finally, the tennis ball. This image has two meanings that I am able to discern. The first is a straightforward reference to the sport ball seasons that have been canceled or otherwise disrupted worldwide. The image of the tennis ball fades away into the meme behind Meme Man, even as our sport ball idols fall in front of us. The second meaning has to do with the big winners of the orders to stay at home. Dogs. The doggos, puppers, and good boys of the world awaken to a new reality in which their favorite humans are home all day, every day, playing catch, belly scratches, and pats on the head abound. The simple joys of the domesticated dog leave us with one lesson out of who knows how many Peter intended for us. Home and family, oriented toward God, the provider of all, is where our hearts ought to be every day, not just during a crisis. As social distancing strips away the idols Pastor Berg mentioned, we are left with little to distract us from the quirks and needs of our loved ones. Oh no, you might cry with Pastor Bullhagen. But everything is okay, as Pastor Berg uncharacteristically comforts us. For our hope is not in tests, quarantines, personal protective equipment, or vaccines but in the sacrifice our Lord Jesus Christ made for us this Lenten tide. 
Wow. Yeah. Holy That buckets. was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, wow. Go ahead, Berg. Yeah. 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 I <laughs> rock on. <laughs> Got way more content than 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 I I would have. We applaud you. By the way, you have a very soothing voice. You, you kind of sound like you could be the next Siri. Am I wrong? Is that just me? Peter, you're laughing. <laughs> I'm just glad she got, you know, some of the meaning behind it, you know? she She's on the right track. I mean, okay. she could go on for so, hours. But... So from what I understand, okay, I have an idea about this, and, and Hannah's going to hate us, all right? But the, here's my idea, okay? Do you know how memes, like, slowly change over time, right? Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. And uh, overall, after a while, the meme will take a life of its own, right? Yes. So this is my idea. We keep, we don't change the meme, but every once in a while, Hannah has to reinterpret the very same meme according to the context that we're in. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think? (laughs) So is this like a monthly, a yearly, Uh, like what are we talking here? Well... We'll uh every week. <laughs> we'll let uh we'll let our associate producer maybe decide that. <laughs> what do you th- what do you think about that idea? I think it sounds like a good idea. Are you up for that, Hannah? <laughs> what do you think, Peter? Sure, why not? Okay. Uh, this is this is really, I mean, the meme for the ages, right? And and I ask you, okay, what other uh Christian podcast is doing this? I don't think too many. <laughs> I I'm not sure. I don't know. <laughs> so, by the way, did you did you ever figure out where you are in there? No, that continues to be a mystery. I had a brain blast. Could that be Iowa Falls during vacancy? Uh, I don't know. We have a we might have a one or two listeners from there. Maybe if they recognize it, they could let us know. And Berg, where can they find us at? Who me? Yeah, that <laughs> Berg, oh. that, that's you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, he probably we probably cut out. We uh, Pastor Berg has a little bit of a spotty internet connection, so yeah. we have a little. So, okay. where can they yeah. get a hold of us? Facebook, uh, Gmail, Twitterverse, et cetera, et cetera. Feedback at clericalerrors.org. and yep. uh, Facebook.com slash clerical errors podcast. And yep. uh, and yeah, Twitter. I said, I said Twitter. At me, bro. At Clerical Errors P. That's P for podcast. So, um, that brings us to uh, what it is, uh, what it ain't, and what it could be. Peter, play the intro. What is it? Who knows? We do. It's time for what it is, what it ain't, what it could be. All right. So, as you can tell, I've, we've been... Been, I've been busy and uh, working on doing various things, and uh, so I had to kind of borrow my what it is, what it ain't, what it could be, okay? And um, actually, um, there is a document by Martin Luther entitled How to Meditate on the Passion of Christ. Have you heard of said document, Berg? I have. It's pretty amazing. I'm sorry to cut in here, but document? Is there a better word for that or just document? Uh, 
<laughs> they just call him a doc. Do they just call it a document? No, I don't know if it's called. Um, see, back then they had. I, I don't know if it was like a. Um, if they would have referred to it as like a book, or if they would have referred to it as a a sermon, because a sermon was actually back then was more like a pamphlet. So, yeah. so the word sermo in Latin could actually mean more of like a um, a small written thing that would be printed by the printing presses. So, you know. And then that's one of the, the the fun things in in the seminaries. You get to read all these different pamphlets. <laughs> It, and it just feels like you're reading at this point. I imagine it's almost like a a, a, fort, a 14th century, uh, excuse me, 16th century version of a Twitter war, right? Ha. Huh. Well, you know, Luther was the best at it. And the great thing is, is that people can read these things for themselves, too. You know, we've got yeah. all of these, um, you know, we've got what's called the American edition of Luther's works and our publishing house Concordia Publishing House actually has them available for you to read and to digest. And, you know, um, there are some really great new ones coming out, too. So. And and uh, so uh, when I when I was going to do this, I realized something here that uh, he has three sections and. Uh, right. And uh, I kind of feel like Luther copied me on this. Maybe I have that backwards, yes. but he, he went forward in time. And listen to the podcast. And he's like, "That's a great idea." Then he went he, back he, to the 16th uh, century, and he basically the, this uh, sermon. He, he has three sections, and basically he starts off with what it ain't, <laughs> right? Then he goes, "What it is," and then basically what it could be. And I'm thinking, you know what? I've heard this before. I didn't realize he he was a listener to the show. <laughs> hey, you know, uh, right? Great minds think alike. <laughs> so, with that in mind, I'd like to dedicate this show to Martin Luther. Yes. We'll get you a Martin t-shirt, Martin. We'll get you a t-shirt for our number one fan. Um, we'll give you the title Associate right. Associate Producer. If you would uh, describe that mean to us, uh, dear Dr. Luther, that would be amazing. <laughs> All right. So, so Peter, we're going to start a little backwards because uh, this document does a little different order because normally I do what it is, what it ain't, what it could be. So we're going to start off with what it ain't. All right. All right. What it ain't. So one thing that uh, Luther mentions here of, of what it ain't is uh, it isn't a, a way to, s- to simply sympathize with emotionally with Christ to sit there and weep and wail over him because he was an, because he was innocent. Uh, that it's not just like a time of mourning for Jesus. You know what I'm saying, Berg? Yeah, so it's not like Jesus' funeral. Right, right. In fact, Jesus himself said, don't mourn for me. <laughs> don't weep and wail for right, me. Right, in the Gospel of Luke, right, when he's talking to the women, right, as right. he's going to the cross. Weep for themselves and their children, he says. So it's what it ain't, first of all, is it's not just like a, a time of just mourning and just being emotionally sympathizing with Jesus. Right, um, and it also what it ain't is uh, it's not a time just to become angry with uh, the people who killed Jesus, right? Right. So, because uh, for one, uh, it was God's will, and and number two, uh, part of understanding is uh, he died bearing all our sins. So, so Jesus himself said 
about those who were crucifying him. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So mm-hmm. so one thing Luther mentions is not just a, a, an idea of getting angry at the Jews, he said, which is one thing that people love to attribute to Luther. <laughs> right. You know what I'm talking about, Berg? I do. All right. Another what it ain't. All right. Uh, it is not a superstition type thing that you take crosses and you take images of it and surround yourself as though they're just some sort of a supernatural power through the images as though that's what's going to protect you. Um, and I think we see that a lot. Um, where where might you see that, Berg? You see that uh, in, in movies sometimes. You, you It's good to have them as a reminder, but if it's like, okay, my cross is going to keep, that I wear on my neck is going to keep the demons away. It's not really what's going on. Yeah, that's actually what we call idolatry. Right. And uh, and so that's another way that we don't, uh, we, we shouldn't meditate on the passion. And the other the other last thing he mentions in this section of what it ain't is uh, it's not something where you simply uh, observe and remember and think, okay, I went to church, I went to to the Lord's Supper without faith and without understanding what's going on, without taking it to heart, that that simply Mm -hmm. doing the outward act really doesn't do you any good. Right. Do you have anything to add, Berg, about ways people might consider the, 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 the cross and meditate and think about the cross of our and his sufferings uh, in a way that isn't helpful. No, I mean, I think those are nice broad strokes, you know. Um, we can get into real nitty-gritty details that are more concrete, you know, where, like, there have been congregations who have put, you know, caskets in the church on Good Friday, for example, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, just the way that people get sometimes for Lent and I, I don't know, it's just, it's really weird where they beat themselves up for six weeks, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's not, like, we just entered what's called Passion Tide, you know? It's the time uh, of the passion of the suffering of Christ when we kind of focus in on that. But Lent is really more about the Christian life, you know? Right. Um, but it's More it about like, education and growing in the faith. Right. Uh, so it's kind of, you know... And then, yeah, so, and we can go into lots and lots of details about, you know, these broad strokes, but, uh, you know. Um, I, I do remember, I, I have I have one more what it ain't, okay? This yep. just comes from personal experience. Um, yeah, I remember in my youth, I won't get into where this was, but it was a Good Friday service. And, uh, um, and uh, part of what we had to do is... Uh, is a we were supposed to write down on a piece of paper a sin that bothered us. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then we were supposed to uh, there was a cross in front of the sanctuary in in the front, and we were supposed to actually take that piece of paper and nail it to the cross. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, a cross that that really didn't have. If you can tr- imagine a cross sitting on like a Christmas tree stand. Right. <laughs> and trying to <laughs> nail something to it. Yeah. Yeah. So I hit my thumb. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, I, I guess I suffered, but it just, to me, outside of the funny part of, you know, me uh, hitting myself uh, with a thumb and a, and a hammer, 
I think I wasn't really comfortable with what it was trying to portray is a part of the, the, the understanding. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is that we don't go back to the cross today to get the benefits of the cross. Like we don't actually right. find, you know, I mean, this is one of the weird things is like, you know, Constantine's mom, Helena, searched the Holy Land for like a relic of the true cross or whatever. And that isn't where we find salvation. That isn't where we find forgiveness. If there's a sin right. that bothers you, you should go to your pastor. Dead wood isn't going to help you with that. Right. But, but going and, and to going your pastor that, it... or, or to uh, another Christian and hearing the gospel and receiving good counsel, I mean, that is how God has ordained this, right? So, mm-hmm. And, and, and it, it, what it did, too, is, is it carried with this idea, okay? If you're writing down a sin that is troubling to you, and then you take it, and then you, you nail it as though you're taking the thing that bothers you, and then you're just pounding it into the flesh of Jesus, it's not real comfort. Right. It doesn't. It doesn't actually accomplish what you what you want it to. Right. <laughs> I I think there's a reason why the gospels really don't go into detail of what they did to Jesus and how terrible it was. You know, yeah. it's remarkably sanitized. You know, um, like they, there's no like lurid descriptions of you know like like the uh, the movie I always think of is the uh, the Passion of the Christ, right? Right. Where it's just gross. You know what I mean? Yeah, and no where, doubt. It, it was like that. I mean, the Romans were terrible, cruel people. Meaning is in what it does, not in the atrocity. Right. And I think the Gospels downplay Jesus' physical suffering. Right. Uh, because he spiritually suffered. You know, that's why he cries out from the cross, right? Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because right there, he is experiencing hell for you. You know, um, can I can I tell you a, a telling thing about that movie for me? Oh, go for it. <laughs> this is not going to shock you. Do you know my one of my first reactions to that movie was? What was that? The outtakes on this must be amazing. <laughs> 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 Where he messes up his lines, like, "Oh, come on!" <laughs> right. <laughs> There were some really good part, you know. There were some funny parts in that movie where he builds a a table and chair, you know, like we would see in our dining room. And he's like, right. And they're like, you know, his mom is like, what, what in the world? And he's like, oh, don't worry, it'll catch on. Or the the what I call the basically the the have a nice day uh, Forrest Gump moment where he wipes his face and it's basically a smiley face. Right. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah. Well, and it misses the whole point because... It misses the point. You know, and that's the thing. Like, when the apostles preach the crucifixion, it's not gospel. You ever notice that, like, in the book of Acts? Mm-hmm. Because, the you know, Peter is like, hey, you killed Christ. <laughs> well, that doesn't seem all that comforting. <laughs> he He actually points them to baptism. He points them to the word, right? Yeah. This is how their sins are washed away. That, and the resurrection, right? But and God that, raised him up. But even that for them is like, you know, honestly, that would freak me out, right? It's like I just killed this guy, and he's back from the dead, and and God has made him Lord and Christ over all things. Uh oh. But I mean, I mean, it's true. Like Christ's death and resurrection, it's the foundation for the gospel, but it's not yet the gospel because if it's not for you, it's like, well. This is Rambo Jesus coming back to, you know, obliterate yeah. all of his enemies, you know? 
Yeah, it, it doesn't really, the, the, the meaning of it is given in the means that God gave us to use. Right. You're baptized into it. Right. And this is what gives you the Holy Spirit. This is what right. forgives your sins. And how do we know this? Because Jesus said, go and make disciples after he rose, baptizing. Or the right. Lord's Supper. How do we know that? Well, the night before he died, he said this, he makes, he makes his own connection with that death by giving the body and blood to his disciples, and to the church. That's the meaning that he gives for the forgiveness of your sins. Right. And that is that—that that is what he directs their eyes and our eyes to. And, uh, and so, so a, that's so a very actually, good point. So some, actually, something much greater happens every Sunday morning than we possibly can realize. I mean, it's just, it's so wonderful, you know. And yeah. I, I hope, you know, and it's just sad that during this time, you know, we're we're unable to really meet together as we'd like to. Um, and I hope that people begin to yearn for mm-hmm. these gifts of God because um, it is it you know we eat Jesus right yeah we stand in the presence of all the saints we and, hear and he doesn't his and, living and if you think words. about that meal you're receiving the body and blood but it's not in a frightening way no it's in a feast it it's not it, in a way that she, you know because it's the body and blood but it, he doesn't make it in a in a ghoulish way that people would like to make it out. If, like, if people would want for it to do today, you know? Right. It is, you know, it's, it's a, a feast. It, it, it is and bread and wine. And it's a pledge. It's a guarantee. It's, look, you are forgiven. You are God's child. See? see? Here, here's my guarantee. Like, I put my own body and blood up as collateral, right? This was my last testament, right? My last will and testament. I died, and you get to inherit heaven. What a wonderful thing, you know? And, so. and I mentioned uh, to some some folks uh, that, uh, you know, in this time of quarantine, um, you know, we're afraid of each other. We're afraid of where our own illnesses and, and being separated because we don't want the disease where Jesus isn't afraid of your sin. He's afraid of your guilt. And he puts his body and blood in your mouth. Right. Right there in your mouth. I, I take your guilt. I take your shame. I take your 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 hell and and here I, i'm gonna give you my perfection my love and in my body and blood and i'm not afraid of it i i died to give it to you so here this is my body and blood given and shed for you right what it is so uh the first thing when we think of what it is is uh uh martin luther basically says after we've said all that is there should be some terror when you consider the sufferings of Jesus. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it, the cross is not all gospel. People think it is, but, you know, but go on. Anyway, I'm getting ahead. Yeah, it, it's a law in, in this sense. It, it is, is if you want to, uh, to stand on Judgment Day according to your own works, you know, if you want to stand on your own righteousness— well, you see on the cross what your sins actually do deserve. Right. You see, you see and, and, and Luther in this document says, says here, when one thorn pierces Christ, you need to know that more than a thousand should pierce you. <laughs> right. You know, so so that, that should bring terror, that if, if you want to stand on your own righteousness, your own works, if you want to to stand to to trust in your own righteousness 
and, and not receive the forgiveness of sins as God has given it to you, well then, look, you see that horrible cross? That should waken you up a little bit. Because uh, that's how sin is judged. When, when God forgives sins, it's not just like, oh, whatever, it's okay, it doesn't matter. The cross shows us it does. Um, I don't use object lessons very often, but one time in the, in, for a sermon, um, I, got, I put next to me, I don't know, if Peter, if you remember this. I do. I put next to me uh, a cross that had uh, with the, the body on it next to me in the pulpit. And uh, I basically started to list the excuses we make for sin and how gross they sounded next to that. <laughs> right. You know? Um, you know, you know everybody is, wants to talk about the cross as God's love, and it is. But the cross yeah. is also, it also shows us God's wrath. If you want to see hell, look at the cross. Because there, right. Jesus suffered all the pains of hell for every single sinner. If you want to see what forsakenness looks like, if you want to see uh, what you deserve, that's why the crucifix should always be before our eyes. Yeah, because you see what, what, what exactly... And that, that, that then, as Luther explains then, it, it teaches you how to use the cross as a mirror. Right. You know, to see your sin and to see your sin as you deserve that. Deserve. And also, then, it should should lead you then to to understand your sin in its context. You know that right. uh, that to, to take it to look at it seriously according to the wounds of Jesus, and not just sweep it under rug and just say it's okay. It's you know look at the cross. That's what sin deserves. Another thing that uh, that he mentions on on how to contemplate uh, the wounds of Jesus. He says, if anyone is so cold and unfeeling that he is not terrified when he views the suffering of Christ, he should trouble, tremble with fear. You must become like the pictures of Christ's suffering. It can't be otherwise. Either here in time or in hell for all eternity. For at the moment of your death, if not sooner, you need to fall into terror. Uh, tremble and shake with fear. Experience all that Christ suffered on the cross. It is a terrible to wait until you die to do this. Pray to God and ask him to soften your heart that you can meditate fruitfully on the passion of Christ. It's possible, it is impossible for us to meditate on the sufferings of Christ by our own ability or power. God must plant these sufferings in our heart. This meditation on Christ's sufferings, as with all doctrine from God, is not given to you so that you can go off and do your own thing with it. No. You should always first search for God's grace and long for it. For on your own, you can, can't do anything. That's kind of powerful words. And that's a, and he even goes on to say, say that uh, how beneficial it is then to, to walk through this process. And he, he likens it to baptism. As with baptism, a person is newly born again through such meditation. And the sufferings of Christ are accomplished accomplishing their true, natural, noble work. They kill the old Adam. They banish from us all lust, pleasure, and security that we might think one of God's creatures can give us, just like Christ was forsaken by all, even by God. So that terror of sin is actually good for you. Yep. And that is why you 
learn the Ten Commandments and you contemplate on them so that you can walk through that process. That is why the, your pastor preaches God's law to you, to walk you through that process. Because here's the thing, Berg, if, and I think this happens a lot, we can hear about the death of Jesus on the cross and it can leave you unaffected. Listener, has this ever happened to you? You hear about the death of Jesus and the sufferings and you're like, yeah, I know. The problem there is, is not the cross, it's not the gospel, it's that you're not taking his law to heart. If you can encounter the cross of our Lord Jesus and that message, his suffering for you, and not be concerned or worried or just in here, one out the other, when specifically in church, the pastor is holding it before your eyes. The problem is not you don't understand the gospel. It's you are not taking the law that God's command to heart. You're not considering how those sufferings, uh, that should be you. That should be you up there on the cross. But Christ took your place there instead. And and that's part of what it means to be the life of the baptized, to, to um, drown the old Adam with contrition and repentance um, and uh, to understand that's what happens. And, and that's something that Good Friday is good to do. And, um, and, uh, and that's one thing and one important way that you really should meditate on, on the suffering of Jesus. Any comments on that, Berg? No, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. Um, yeah. This is why we need more crucifixes and not just bare crosses. Yeah. What it could be. The third section, I'll, I'll call it, this isn't exactly what it could be, but it's it's kind of the the third section where he talks about the comfort of Christ's suffering, okay? Um, he says, um, basically, that once you get to that point and your conscience is filled with terror, um, then you kind of need to leave it there. <laughs> you don't dwell on it. You don't stick in that thought. You get to that point, but you don't stay there. Um, He says, take your sins and throw them in Christ and believe with a joyful spirit that your sins are his wounds and sufferings. So, yes, you you have that terror. This is what my sins deserve. But at the same time, then, there's a joyfulness and a comfort that, that Jesus did Take the suffering you deserve. Um, and, and Luther points to Isaiah 53, 6. The Lord has laid on him uh, the impurity of us all. Or um, uh, uh, Peter says, He himself bore our sins on the body and the tree. And Paul says, For our sake he made he who had for our sake he made him to be sin who knew new knew, ah, Say that passage for me, Berg. I'm not speaking right. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, right? Right. Or that, you know, in Galatians, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. As it is written, cursed is him who hangs on the tree. And so so Luther says, therefore, here's what you need to do at that point, when you're, you're in that terror. Stop looking at Christ's sufferings any longer because they have done their work and have terrified you. Instead, press forward through all difficulties and see his friendly heart. And that's where the, the love comes in. And, and to realize um, that that's how much Christ loves you. 
when you see the suffering. And you know, that's how much Christ Jesus loved his Father to be obedient to his Father's will. And that is how much the Father loves you, that he was willing to give up his Son for you uh, for the forgiveness of sins. And that also should bring you joy and peace. And, uh, and then even in suffering, uh, I think a lot of people are suffering. Right, Berg? Yep. I remember uh, I had uh, I had uh, one of the voices of faith that has gone to be with Jesus, um, and uh, just a beautiful, simple faith, and I just adored listening to her. And she was suffering, and, and she always had a, just a precious attitude about it because whenever she would talk about her own sufferings, she would say, oh, but then I think of Jesus how he suffered for me. Mm -hmm. And what she was doing is she looked at her own suffering and she realized that Jesus suffered infinitely more than she was suffering at that moment. And she realized that he suffered in that way for her. And it gave her a wonderful way of understanding her own suffering that uh, it really came out. And in, in, in every time, because... She was suffering, but she would say, oh, and I can still hear uh, one of those memories of pastor treasures. Oh, but then I think of how he suffered or how he bled or how he hurt and how how he was rejected and, and all those things, things like that. And then, but in a way that brought her hope and peace and strength in the midst of our suffering. And that is a good way a very good way, even in your suffering, to meditate on the wounds of our Lord Jesus Christ. So as it, as it kind of concludes is, is this then, he leads us then to um, understand and contemplate and, and meditate on the wounds of Christ in uh, how you understand temptation um, and uh, how uh, you have impure thoughts or you have things that are thrown on you uh, with your own temptations, think of, of of Christ Jesus and how He paid for you and all of and 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 all His enemies with many tears and cries, and it places all those things that on all those temptations that look so rosy that come with their own promises, and really that's what temptation is, right? They come with promises. They come in a way that is inviting, and uh, they seem good to you. They offer either comfort or escape. But then when you consider the wounds of Christ, they don't look as glorious as they once did. And that's a, a way of growing in, in considering the, the sufferings of our Lord Jesus. Um, and so he says, this is how you find strength in Christ and are comforted when you struggle with all kinds of vice and bad habits. This is the right way to meditate on the passion of Christ. This is the fruit of his suffering. This is why someone, somebody who meditates on Christ's passion in this way really is doing something better than hearing the whole passion story read or reading all sorts of masses. People who make the life in the name of Christ part of their own life are truly called Christians. As St. Paul says, those who are in Christ have crucified the flesh with all its passions and lust. We need to meditate on Christ's passion, not with lots of words or with a showy display, but put on Put it to true use in our lives. And uh, and that is very beautiful way, a wonderful writing 
of considering the passion and the way we grow from it and and the way it what i like about it one is, is one it, it it helps us in our suffering it, it really leads us and walks us through using god's law as a mirror to see ourselves in the light of the cross and then also it just leads us to 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 love him who showed love to us and shows the same kind and learn from his example in, in loving loving others and uh, as we think about this uh this pandemic and the fear and the anxieties that this might bring, I just think it's a it's a wonderful way to place it in the context of Christ. As much as you might be going through as a listener and all of this, to know that, that Christ suffered even more. And think of that voice, oh, and he did it for me. So uh, that's my segment. Good. Awesome. <laughs> Which we're now at least 45 minutes into the podcast edited. <laughs> that's good though it's good yeah so so where can they find this work if they uh can they look this up online is there a book they can order something that- um uh i think that uh i could probably post this um on our facebook do you think that'd be all right to do berg yes sure that'd yeah be great. i think that's what we can just go to our, web, our facebook page and uh um, and uh, we'll post that on our Facebook. That would be, I think that would be something we can do for the listener. Um, Speaking of that, Pastor Bullhagen, which uh, gospel uh, account of the passion, that is the suffering of our Lord, do you like to preach on the most? <sighs> I I don't know. That's a good question. I, I never really thought of, thought of it that in that terms. See, because I preach on uh, all four uh, passion accounts during the week because we have services every day during Holy Week, which is really kind of fun. Because if you only preach on uh, uh, on Good Friday, right, um, you'll usually do the gospel according to St. John, right? And that's a great one. Right. There's a lot of wonderful stuff in there. Um, but what it doesn't have um, is Eli, Eli, Lama Sabachthani. Right, my God, yeah. my God, why have you forsaken me? Um, each gospel has its own unique flavor, you know. Um, I'm really digging Mark's gospel at this point, so I think I'll go with that because the centurion oh. makes the best. He makes the best and the only real confession of Jesus' deity in that gospel, and that's when Jesus dies, when he sees that Jesus has expired, has breathed his last. Uh-huh. He then uh, he then proclaims that Jesus it truly was is the Son of God. Uh, before that, yeah, well, you only see demons saying that Jesus right. is the Son of God. Right. You know, right? That especially in, in Mark's gospel, how the the demons recognize him. And, and he's the, always telling like, them to be on? quiet because Jesus <laughs> right. doesn't want to be known by them. Right. 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 So I I think Jesus is like. Jesus is basically saying, spoiler alert. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, yeah, he's telling him to shut up, you know? Um, and even when uh, Peter in that gospel uh, says that he's the Christ, Jesus tells him to tell no one, you know? Because Jesus wants to be known as the God for us in his death. That's how, yeah. that's where he wants to be proclaimed the Son of God. Not in the miracles, uh, not in his ethical teachings, um, not as the 
the ghost figure signing bills with President Trump, not as the ghost figure uh, holding the kid's baseball bat, you know. <laughs> but he wants to be known in the cross. He wants to be yes. proclaimed and confessed uh, in his great work of salvation for us there. So, so that's how I, I'm I feel- admit- That's how I'm feeling today, anyway. So, I must admit, though, when I hear hear those words. A lot of times I think of uh, John Wayne. Was it John Wayne who was a centurion in the, what movie was that? The greatest story ever told or something like that. Okay. And he says it in his, his John Wayne draw, truly. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. Movies ruin I don't, don't look it up because then it'll stick in your head like me and it'll come to mind when you hear those words and you don't want that. <laughs> so. So how about you? You got a favorite? Or um, or one that like I don't know maybe not favorite isn't the best word maybe it's uh that kind of sticks out to you there's you're reading through it and there's something that just kind of punches you in the face a little bit more than the others. Um, well I I like to uh, I like to when I generally when I preach Good Friday I always actually think find Good Friday sometimes hard to preach because you you it 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 sometimes almost feels like you're preaching a textless sermon in the sense that you preach on you bring in the cross into other texts all the time right mm-hmm. and then and then you get to the text and it it's actually the cross and like oh <laughs> um but uh, i would say i i'd actually what i try to do is and i and i should preach more each the book in its own uh flavor but i i a lot of times it's hard for me to to preach from one of the accounts and not bring in the other elements. Mm-hmm. So, so to say, you know, what, which one I, I dig more is, uh, I think it's, it's what I like to do is, is to kind of to read each one on, on its own. And then, I don't know, I'm getting tired, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, Maybe maybe I will uh, look at preaching on Mark. Maybe you're inspiring me, Berg. I do what I can. I mean, there's the kid who runs away naked, too, you know. So, <laughs> I mean, you know. So that's, I mean, it's kind of, uh, it's it's kind of, it's interesting, right? Because we're not sure if that's so I, Mark, so, you know, who. So, but. I have a question then, Berg. As you, uh, you, you are digging Mark, so what is. Anything else specific to Mark's audience that you think uh, really comes out in the in the the passion account of, of Mark? Um, you know, it really follows Matthew's account pretty closely. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, the Aramaic is different because it's instead of Eli Eli Lama Sabachthani, it's Eloi Eloi uh, Lema Sabachthani, I believe. So, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. Um, um, it's really short. You know, um, and like I said, pretty, a lot like Matthews, um, which is, which is good. Um, you have the centurion, uh, you have the ripping of the, of the, of the, of the temple curtain, right? Mm -hmm. Um, which is both, uh, that we have access to the father, but it's also a judgment on, you know, the Jewish religious practices, right? Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, so... You know, you kind of have all that, and I was kind of looking at it in the context of the whole gospel, especially when Jesus is called the Son of God. So, you know, that was kind of that's kind of my point for um, Holy Tuesday. You know, right? And there's some really cool things too, like 
um, in Luke's gospel, the centurion calls Jesus a righteous man, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you see uh, Jesus' trial before Herod, which is interesting, and that Herod and Pilate actually become friends. Um, you only get the oh, wow. yeah. You only get the spear in John's gospel, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that not a, a bone of his of his body shall be broken, which is referring back to the Paschal Lamb, right? Um, in Matthew's gospel, you have all this weird stuff like the dead are raised, and then they sit in their tombs until Jesus rises from the dead, <laughs> which is awesome, right. you know. So, but so so then, uh, I have a. a something I'm going to ask. I think the listener would love this, Berg. I know that you have a microphone where you are, right? Yes, I have a microphone where I am. He's yes. talking into one right now. That's, right? that's how it yes. works. Okay, so that means that perhaps the listener might like to hear your servant on Mark. I can do that. I can record that. Can you record that? Yeah. And, uh, and people can can hear exactly what you're talking about that would be amazing we'll see how amazing it is <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I mean, um, oh, we didn't even talk can... about like this is this is coming out on palm sunday right right so so it'll be right yeah, right in so... line and then and then maybe on tuesday or wednesday we can get that posted because uh it won't be because not too many people will be preaching on mark <laughs> i don't think so it'll be something new for the listener, right? That they may not be hearing. Yeah, it's really cool. We, uh, you know, Holy Week is such a wonderful time, and it's it's just too bad that everybody is kind of locked in, you know. But yeah. I mean, thanks be to God, we have things like this and YouTube and and the like to kind of, you know, not as yeah. a, an alternative, but as a supplement, you know. Right. Right. Because the gospel is a very physical thing. The church is physical. Yeah. Not virtual. So, all right. Well, thank you. Uh, so uh, I will be looking forward to having that sermon. And listener, you will be looking, hopefully, for hearing that sermon. Thank you for doing that, Berg. Yeah, of course. And uh, I think that brings us to the end of our show. And uh, we want you to rest securely uh, today and as you listen to this show. And, and may, may uh, the Lord Jesus watch over your beds and you're waking up in the morning and uh and to be with your families um berg anything like to say to the listener yeah guys um you know this is a great week coming up um read you know take the time and read the the passion accounts uh see how much you you got uh, more time this week you know our (laughs) you know see how much our lord suffered for you right and take great comfort in it um don't just you know view jesus as a martyr right but that um, all of these things were done for you. So that way, you know, God willing, when a pastor is reading this, when you're, when you are dying, uh, you can find great comfort in this, that in his death, you find your life. So. And, and I guess a good way to, to think about this Holy week for you is um, it's almost like a, a time of fasting for a Holy week in the sense that this is not the best way to celebrate Holy week and remember Holy week. But at the same time, maybe there's more more of an opportunity for you this week to really to consider it and think about it more and meditate and contemplate on the wounds of Jesus and his resurrection in a way that uh, you you don't do when you're really busy. Um, so this might be an opportunity to to grow uh, 
in the way that Martin Luther talked about, even in, in to hear the sermons without distraction and hear your, your own pastor's uh, services um, in, a, in, a, in a way that you can maybe contemplate them more. It's obviously best to do within the context of a church, obviously. But since that probably isn't possible for you, there is more of an opportunity for you to hear it in a new way this year. And, uh, and I think that can, as you look ahead to future Holy Weeks, I think that can be kind of your lead and your guide in knowing, remember that Holy Week? And uh, that was strange and bizarre, but, but I still learned a lot and I still grew and, and Jesus saw us through that. So all that, all that said then, like we said at the top of the show, uh, trust your pastor's judgment. And um, we can also say too, I think that uh, if for some reason your pastor can't help uh, get services to you, uh, I believe both pastors here are posting services online. Uh, pastor Bullhagen, where are yours going to be located? Um, you can uh, find our, our services at... Uh, trinityhampton.com and there's a little link that says sermons and it has sermons and services right there that you can listen to and pastor berg um we post our um our services online via youtube um and uh it's saint paul's lutheran church it's kind of hard to get to but if you go to our facebook page uh, saint paul's lutheran church latimer iowa uh, you should be able to find it there yep. all right so yeah they they both have you got two great preachers on your hands here that are doing their best to give you uh, great services throughout this Holy Week and Easter. And uh, so if you've got nothing else, stick with one of these guys and we'll get you through. But only after you listen to your own. <laughs> Amen. He's he's the man God has given you. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, well, thank you, Berg. Like I said, I I, I, look, I looked was looking forward to this uh, today, and and it uh, brought me great joy to do this with you. So thank you for your taking the time to do this. Yeah, my and thank pleasure, you, Peter, and uh, for all that you do behind the scenes and editing and making us sound good. And a big special thanks to Hannah. And uh, hopefully you don't hate us when we ask you to do more of the very same. <laughs> 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 all right. Thank you. I'm Bullhagen. And I'm Berg. And uh, uh, may your your Holy Week uh, be blessed. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. On Twitter, at P for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.